This is WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now, your host, Scott Walker. J.C. Bowman with us this morning, and again, we had quite a few technical issues earlier this morning. I think we have everything fixed now. Hey, Scott, good morning. Good to be with you, too. J.C. Bowman is with the Professional Educators of Tennessee. You are the executive director there, so tell us a little bit about the organization. Well, we're a nonpartisan teachers association that's statewide, so we're across the whole state. Uh, I live right on the corner of Rutherford, Williamson, Davidson. I, I love all three of those communities, so I, I, I do that. So, But for us, you know, we're, our offices are based in Nashville. I lobby. We do advocacy. Uh, we provide member benefits for our members. I mean, state-of-the-art stuff. we got $2 million liability. We do all the stuff a, a full-blown union would do, but we're an association. And what differs is that is that we don't give money to political candidates, nor do we endorse them. We work with all your legislators, regardless of party affiliation. Now, how many years have you been working in the education field? Well, so I started as a classroom teacher. I mean, you know, back I, I, I went to college in 1985. So I've been doing this, you know, almost my whole life and my whole adult life. Education has been my major career. So you've seen some major milestones. You've seen some major changes in schools all across the country, really. Uh, you've seen a lot happen over the years. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I mean, but I tell people, if you don't like it, just hang around. It's going to swing back. You know, and if you really look at that's why, you know, NAEP scores came out, Scott, and everybody got all, all been out of shape. We had declined and everything else. And I went back and showed the historic trend of NAEP. It's just been a flat line since 1970. What is the NAEP score? So NAEP is your National Assessment of Education Progress. It's called the gold standard of, of the thing. We, and what happens is you, you, you do it in the fourth grade, in the eighth grade, you get a sample, kids take the test, and it determines whether you're, you know, your state is on track or whatever. And it, they've tracked this since 1970. But I tell people, I go, go look at it. And, and it's been a flat line since 1970. It just hasn't really changed that much. But we go we go up. We all go clapping. We're crazy. We go, yay, it's great. And then it goes down. And, oh, woe is me. We got to fire some people. We got to do some things and, and all that. But if you just look, it's been fairly consistent. In fact, I'd actually say, you know, we're up a few points since 1970. Yeah. And it's changed somewhat. It's almost as if with the professional educators – You've got a, a broad view of being able to look at all the different schools, see how everything is, is happening, how things are changing. How do kids respond in today's times compared to 10, 15, even 20 years ago? Because I know it's a different atmosphere for teachers today. Yeah, it's completely different. I think, and that's the other thing is that if, if you're outside the system, you look at public schools and you go, hey, nothing's really changed in 50 years. If you're inside the school, you're going, wow, this is so much change going on and everything else. And, and you and I have talked about this for, forever. I mean, it is the lack of respect I think you see in general from kids. It's a whole different world. Uh, you know, my my grandson, uh, who is in fourth grade, looked at me the other day and said, you know, Pappy, I'm going to be an engineer. And so, you know, he is. But they're different. And it's not the same. We, we try to look back on our world of how they've looked and how things should be. 
and uh, we don't understand some of the things. And, and the classic thing, and I'm not going to throw the governor under the bus. The governor, I, I'm glad that he's pushed computer science and computer engineering, making sure everybody gets coding. That's a good thing. That's where we're heading in society. Everybody needs to have a little background in that. In the middle of shooting his pushing of that, he has no computer in his own photograph. And I'm like, you know, it, it, the optics were a little bit off. But, but that being said, that's where we're at. And then the kids are somewhere else. And at least he understood that. There's two things we're hearing a lot about, at least within the schools, within the universities, and that's STEAM and STEM, and two much of the same things, really, just an added focus on arts in one of them and not in the other. Right. Uh, but we're hearing a lot about that, and that's going right along with what you're talking about, and that's technology and, and engineering as well. Are there a lot of grants available, first of all, for different schools when it comes to science and technology and math? And if so, is there a big push nationwide or is it just in Tennessee? How does all this fit together? It is national. And I think there are dollars out there and people are shaping it. And a lot of people, you know, a lot of money changes, you know, money changes behavior and a lot of money changes a lot of behavior. So if we're funding that, like, like for example, the first STEAM school, which include, incorporates the arts component piece to it. Uh, STEM doesn't have arts. but So that's the major difference. The first school was at Mount Pleasant right down in Murray County. So now they're coming this way and we're saying, hey, you know, we understand that arts is important. And, and I tell people all the time, I'm like, we're, we're missing out, you know, art, music. I mean, they're very critical components to our culture. I mean, particularly sitting right here in middle Tennessee. I mean, you know, MTSU is a phenomenal, I think most of the, probably one of the best places that you can get a degree from is MTSU when you talk about broadcasting and cameras and and, and some of the music videos and stuff like that is coming out of MTSU. So you've got that going on and and so it's going to be natural that it filters down to your K-12 and, and uh, Thurman Francis forever. I can remember back Thurman Francis uh, probably 25 years ago my daughter went there and so it was kind of interesting is that uh, they had a, a new program in the morning where they did the news and somebody did the weather and I mean they, they were trying to be you Scott they just didn't know it <laughs> again JC Bowman with us this morning and he is with the professional educators of Tennessee he's the executive director with all the growth that we're seeing throughout Rutherford County throughout Tennessee and new companies coming to our area on a, it seems like daily basis almost and and even Nissan moving their headquarters from the west coast to Franklin Tennessee what should we be focusing more on? Because while I understand there does need to be a huge push in that technology sector, there's also going to have to be a push, though, for those workers who will be able to work the traditional line, if you would, in factories. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. And the other part is, is I think people are moving to Tennessee for our quality of life. I mean, we've got relatively uh, we've got a relatively low tax base. Uh, although people will argue on sales tax, and I understand that. But in, in general, I mean, California has just priced itself out. You know, they've taxed everything. If it moves, if it, if it, if it breathes, if it, if it does anything, they tax it. And, and Tennessee has been pretty, pretty uh, conservative in their spending. So that's what's drawn a lot of industry here. Now, here's the other part is that you've got to see what's not there, what's coming. So by the time you adjust – You've missed them. You've got to anticipate what's coming. And so you, you understand, you know, we create jobs. By the time you're in first grade, the job that you're probably training for hasn't even been created yet. 
So that is a deep, deep thought about it, how you're doing it. So that's why you see, like, like I noticed that Hillsdale College, by the way, coming back with some charter schools. They want to push classical education because it tends to be, uh, you know, the, the trivium and the quadrivium and all that stuff and everything else. So part of their goal and objective for doing that is that they think a good basis of that makes you adjustable to, to go into any other career. Maybe true, maybe not. But but by the same token, they're doing the same thing in, in, in schools across Rutherford County already. They're just not calling it that math, reading, and, 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 and doing that. Now, the question is, you know, do some parents want to have more control over that? That depends. So, you know, that's, that's just where you're going to go. But it's going to be a heated debate across this uh, region. In the next couple of weeks, Hillsdale did not do any friends for that. So that's coming. Uh, you still see, I mean, just reported on it, CBS just came out, uh, nationwide teacher shortage. You can't find place, you can't find teachers, and you and I have talked about it. You know, teachers just aren't going into it anymore. And MTSU is the largest provider of, uh, of, of teachers to the College of Education, and they're down. People don't want to go into teaching, and, uh, and so we're working on some of those things in the legislature right now. A lot of kids in high school, at least I've heard conversation time and time again this year in particular, where some of the kids in high school are going home to their parents and saying, look, Johnny, who sits next to me in class, is now doing all of his work at home, and he's doing some kind of online school, and uh, it's not through the Rutherford County school system. But he's going to graduate a year early, and he's doing everything online. And, and I'm thinking, well, this doesn't sound like a good idea. Getting kids out of the classroom and doing work from home, it just seems like they're not going to be taught at the same level as they would if they had a teacher standing in front of them and they were mixing in with other students and learning social skills as well. Is this something that's happening more and more, and what, what is this? Well, and I think people prefer some of that. They, they like being... Uh, isolated and being being away from that. On the other hand, exactly what you said, when we talk about learning loss and people who were there, uh, research shows that people who were in person teaching with a real teacher in front of them outperformed. I mean, Memphis is a good example. Uh, you know, Davidson County did a lot of virtual learning and those kids did not do as well as other districts that went back to in-person learning quicker so it's exactly what you said now there are kids who can thrive in there and 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 there's no doubt that they don't need as much guidance they're they're bored in the traditional public school uh they they can they can they can do that they get guidance from whatever and and you know you're taking control of your own learning the problem is if you're not a motivated individual and you don't have the ability to to self police get up do your work and do your job online learning is not for you i mean you got to be motivated to want to read to do the work and do the lessons without somebody standing over your shoulder making you do it and so that's the other part so and then you lose the social skills there's something about one of the things that just came out and we've not talked about this scott across the state uh we did a uh an article on um, early learning being a big deal uh the comptroller just did a report last week came out and it said the later you start school the uh, better you perform uh, throughout. And they're showing that the um, people who start like at 4.6 in pre-K and, and kindergarten and getting in earlier are, are, are 30 points, maybe less, by the time they're in sixth grade. So the kids who start at five or six 
are thriving and, and doing well. So that tells me that we need to study that a little bit more. But I think you're going to see a push back. I mean, the problem is we work, we keep pushing back the start of school younger and younger and younger and adding more to it because people want cheap daycare. I mean, I yeah. hate to be honest. That's what it is. So we start them earlier. And what we're finding out is that they had started later, they would perform better long term. So we need to look at when do we start kids into our school and what is school readiness? Hey, and of course, the uh, uh, online learning that I'm talking about, I wasn't referring to the county schools virtual school program. Right. There's other options out there now that didn't used to be around that are totally different. And, and I'm curious if some of these students, are they going to ultimately end up graduating with a GED and not a real high school diploma? And are they being sold a bill of goods? Yeah, I think that's a good point. And how do you measure it? So are they taking a regular test? Are they in there being measured? Are they just getting a piece of paper saying you've got a degree from, and to be fair, you know, whatever podunk virtual school uh, that's doing that. There was a school system in Tennessee, Union County's one of them. So we'll pick on unions and say, we're not in their viewing area right now or their listening area. And what happened was, they, they let anybody come into their K-12 school. They, they became a vendor for, a, for somebody at a national level. They've come in, and, they've, and, and it, what it did was it helped them, helped them push their marks up on the same hand that other schools are saying, well, wait a minute, we're getting money for that. And so some other school district here in Middle Tennessee, northern part of the state, uh, tried to do the same thing, and their scores plummeted. So you really got to be careful because they knew count on your county's scores. You know, it, it, it's just a, a different time in which we live in that I think a lot of people are unfamiliar with because there are so many options out there and choices out there that we're not used to having to make. Traditionally, the simple thing to do is send your kids to the local school. They go through the county school system or the city school system. And then from there, they either go on to college or go on to a career. But now there is literally option after option of choices that your student can make. Well, and, and, and when they go to pre-K or they're going to a where they want to go in, in pre-K or kindergarten or wherever they want to go to, uh, it's hard to tell them when they get to another level. Well, wait a minute. We got to stop. We're taking your choices away. It's just, it's you know, we, I talked with a uh, education writer yesterday, and he was going, JC, look at who all is out here defending public education. Who is the people out here doing it? He said, we're all old. He said, we're 50, 60, 70 years old. And he said, what's happening is, is that what's going to happen when these people, I mean, Diane Ravitch is probably the most uh, tenacious uh, public ad- school advocate out there, and she's 77 years old. I mean, you know, so yeah, it, we're going to see inevitably a different look at what it looks like. Now, I, I would say to, the, to you, New Zealand's a good role model for for looking at what happened new zealand went full-blown school choice and what happened was that when they started 85 percent of their kids were in public school and 15 percent were in private now they don't have homeschooling in new zealand but so if you homeschool you have to go to private school and yeah it's organized there but at the end of the at the end of the 10 years they did another study 85 percent of the kids were still in public schools it didn't change, but their test scores went up. What that means is public schools have, and this is where we, I think, public schools, woe is me, but public schools have every advantage. And what we've got to do is go out and become more, uh, we need to hear our parents more, listen to them more, and start working with them more to uh, shape the education that they're trying to get for their child. We need to be more accommodating. 
uh, and that's you and I had talked about this, the previous superintendent here, and I think your new superintendent, uh, Mr. Sullivan, is doing a, uh, a little more better job of, of accommodating the public. But your previous superintendent, you know, you know, we're going to limit you to one minute. You have to be from here. And you shut the door on people. You cannot do that. It's called public education, and we're in the business of serving the public. But once the people who understand that, we thrive and we succeed. And that's, that's the way to do it. And I really believe, that's why I believe public schools ultimately will adjust. You'll get new leaders who come in and uh, will become more responsive to parents. And uh, I think you're going to see, you know, uh, the opportunity for us to thrive. I'm, I'm hopeful of the future. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an optimist. So I always see the, see the good things that are going on. Again, J.C. Bowman in studio with us this morning from the Professional Educators of Tennessee. we got to take a short break, but uh, when we come back, I, I want to learn more about this collaborative conferencing and uh, specifically in Rutherford County and, and what exactly is collaborative conferencing because i know that's something that is i guess at issue right now yes let's talk about that when we come back time right now 8 39 again we have had some technical difficulties and everything at this point looks to be fixed for now so hopefully everything will be smooth sailing here on out you're listening to wgns your good neighbor station And you can listen to us either on air, traditional radio, or online at WGNSRadio.com. Again, the time, 839. Stay with us. More coming up. broadcasting today from the Middle Tennessee Electric Studios. Middle Tennessee Electric, your power supply since 1936. Hi, this is Amanda at Animal City. All of us here at Animal City know how wonderful it is to have pets as part of the family. With all of its holiday meals, it's important to remember that many human foods can be dangerous for pets. For example, dogs can be harmed by grapes, onions, and garlic. Since we don't want to leave our pets out of the holiday festivities, here at Animal City, we carry a wide variety of pet-safe treats for all of our pets. You can find your local pet store, Animal City, here in Murfreesboro on Broad Street. Hi, this is Peter Demas. Join our family at Demas' Restaurant. So many people buy so many different things. You know, I go out to eat, and I like eating steak, where my wife will end up getting our salmon. Our salmon is cut fresh, so she loves our salmon. It's one of those places that you can go. You can get pastas or chicken. You know, the kids love it. Get what you want at Demas's Restaurant and not be limited just to one or two items. Join our family at Demas's Restaurant, 1115 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. I'll second guest dinners with friends because they can be interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or 
thickening of your bowel wall. If you're allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints, call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit creoninfo.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N-Info.com. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website and Alexa or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. time right now 843 you're listening to wgns and we apologize because earlier we had some technical issues that i think we have solved now should be good to go again with us in studio this morning from the professional educators of tennessee we have executive director jc bowman and before that last break i mentioned collaborative conferencing and that is something that you wrote a commentary on involving Rutherford County Schools. So tell us, what exactly is collaborative conferencing? Well, in the past, Scott, they had a thing called collective bargaining. Collective bargaining is um, pits people against each other. So what it does is that, uh, you know, the teachers are on one side, management is on the other. They argue over wages. If you don't get the wages or whatever it is that you want to do, working conditions, the whole deal. Teachers get upset. You may go two or three years without it. It really became a, uh, a contentious issue. It, it split people, and uh, teachers would go often two or three years without getting a raise, and it would do all that. Recognizing that we all had mutual interest, there's, it's based off a theory called interest-based bargaining. And what collaborative conferencing does is that people sit down, and they're able to talk about critical issues uh, that affect teachers. It's the working conditions and the salary. And, and so we're never opposed to that. We always think that teachers should be able to discuss their working conditions with their people and everything else. So they, they outlined what it was that they did. This, this came about in 2011. So up until 2011, from about 1970 up to about 20, 2010, we had collective bargaining. So they went there. And so basically in Rutherford County, they really haven't done collaborative conferencing. So now that they're, they've approached it, they're, they're voting. I assume that they're going to have a makeup day to do it and, and, and whatever. But they haven't announced the results. It, you have to get 15% of the teachers have to want to do it. Uh, by the way, only like 12 to 15 districts across the state are doing it. Uh, most of the time, here's why. And I tell people all the time, you give working conditions, leave, payroll deductions. You cannot do payroll deductions for political purposes. And that was the thing. But differential pay plans, which the state has mandated now, are exempted from that. It doesn't do anything on retaining, retention, and stuff like that. So it's problematic as well. It's not all hunky-dory. You know, It's not all great. 
So in my opinion, if you're limiting what you can and cannot talk about, it doesn't do a whole lot. This time around, it comes at an interesting time because last year, the county schools did have a pay raise for educators. And at the start of the new director of the county schools, whenever he started his new job, which would have been this school year, he went in saying, you know, I am going to do a study on the pay of county school teachers and different county school employees, which I thought was was a good move starting fresh. You know, and I think Sullivan's a little forward thinking. He's a younger administrator. I think he's 37 years old. He's been there. So he's done it. And I think he, he buys into the theory that in a nutshell, if we don't work together, none of us are going to succeed. And we all have a common interest to do the work together. And at the end of the day, the schools themselves had been beholding to the county commission. So you've got, you know, what your funding body is. So when you look at the county school pay here in Rutherford County and you compare it to some of the other counties throughout Tennessee, we have 95 counties. How how does Rutherford County stand? How do we rank when it comes to pay and the different benefits that the teachers are receiving here? Rutherford County is one of the better districts. They could do more, obviously. You know, I think they've been forward thinking. So they've been pretty much taking care of educators all along. There's certain things they need to be looking at, such as, uh, you know, working conditions, things like job sharing, some things that are out of the box. And I think those are some of the things they need to look at. But I do think that you've been pretty much on salary. You're, you're right there. You're not at the tail end. For a while, you're ahead of Davidson County. Again, J.C. Bowman with us this morning. And J.C., I tell you what, why don't we take a quick break? We'll check on the traffic situation throughout Rutherford County, and then we will be right back talking about education this morning. Our guest, again, J.C. Bowman. More right around the corner. We'll see a few scattered showers and thunderstorms here for this afternoon with cloudy skies, high of 70 degrees, winds out of the southwest around 5 to 15 miles per hour. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 62. Good morning. Still running slow over here on 65 southbound. As you approach Trinity Lane, we've had a series of accidents over here near Dickerson Pike as well. People are looking at that southbound on 65. Again, coming down from the north, it's, uh, it's pretty busy out here on I-40 right now. Eastbound trying to get through Kingston Springs coming in from Dixon County. Keep that in mind. Wilson County traffic's pretty heavy, or should I say, once you come out of Wilson County there into Hermitage, uh, it starts to slow 40 west before you get up to the airport. Nash Painting services all of Middle Tennessee. Check them out at nashpainting.com. I'm Commander Chuck, your on-time traffic. Hi, this is Gator with Tire World Off-Road. We're your local rough country dealer. So when you're ready to add some character to your rig, ask for Gator at Tire World Off-Road on Memorial Boulevard. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Online at tireworld.us. CBS News Brief. Voters are going to the polls in Georgia to decide a Senate runoff between incumbent Raphael Warnock and his Republican challenger Herschel Walker. Democratic Senator John Ossoff expects heavy turnout despite the rain. Even last week when made to wait in line for two or three hours to vote, I have seen how determined Georgians are to exercise their constitutional rights. Power still out in Moore County, North Carolina after gunfire damaged two power substations over the weekend. Steve Wilkins lives in Carthage. This is not what I wanted to be doing today. Stringing power cords, eating cold ham. Still no arrests and no motive in the shootings there. And a new antidote for ODs could be on the way. CBS's Jim Crisula. 
Emergent Solutions, the maker of Narcan, a nasal spray form of naloxone, says federal regulators have fast-tracked an application it submitted for an over-the-counter version of its widely used opioid reversal nasal spray. CBS News Brief, I'm Deborah Rodriguez. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Right now that time, 8.51. You're listening to WGNS again on this Tuesday morning, and our guest in studio today is J.C. Bowman. He is the Executive Director of the Professional Educators of Tennessee. So all in all, it sounds like here in Rutherford County, we rank fairly well when it comes to teacher pay. Yeah, you're not a, I mean, you take care of your teachers. Uh, there's, there's obviously situations that don't. I think by and large, the work that you guys do has been commendable. That, that's really good to hear because we are such a fast-growing area. Sometimes in really fast-growing <coughs> markets, it's hard for the local system, such as the education system, to really keep up with the growth and to keep salaries where they need to be so they can recruit, bring in new teachers to cover that expansion of the growth. Well, and keeping up with the number of teachers, that's the problem. You're going to have openings where teachers just aren't there. And so how do you keep growing? And that is a be huge problem. Place. Yeah, it, because we have a problem with recruiting teachers really nationwide. It's one of those fields, like you were saying earlier, that less and less people are attracted to. You've got fewer students coming out of college to become teachers. When you're seeing it in nursing, police. And so, you know, your public service areas where people work in the public, you know, and so you're going to have to look at how do we keep people in those positions? How do we recruit them? How do you become an attractive place? Again, you know, Murfreesboro is a great town. I mean, it's a place you like to go. It's relatively safe, convenient to anything you want to go to. And so you've got a lot of attractive here. you got to keep the quality of living uh, going so people can enjoy living here. And uh, that's where it's going to attract people here. And there was one town that was, I believe, out in California. And what they did to recruit more teachers, they actually built a housing complex, like an apartment complex. And they said to the teachers, you know, if you teach for us, we'll give you this hugely discounted rate to live in this brand new apartment complex we built. That's going to be one of your perks. Yeah. And I mean, I've seen places, Colorado, Telluride, Colorado, they can't find teachers. I mean, you just you can forget it because, you know, there's no place you can live. So people are having to be creative. Cities are having to be creative in figuring out new ways to recruit persons and then also new ways of giving them on-the-job benefits or perks. Yeah, we have a national bill called Hero Bill, and it's for housing for uh, educators, first responders, and some of this thing. We can't get it off the ground. I mean, it's bipartisan. We got Marco Rubio as a Senate sponsor. You've got quite a few people in the House on the Democratic side supporting it. I mean, it had really bipartisan support. And I thought that sometimes dealing with the Tennessee legislature was tough. Dealing with the feds is a whole different animal. I mean, it never got anywhere, not even discussed. But it's the same thing. We wanted to treat it kind of like the VA plan. So if you had taught for five years, you would be eligible to qualify for a low-interest loan to purchase a home so you could live in the community in which you work, being a nurse, a teacher, or a police officer. They never took the bill up, and I was really frustrated. We'll be back with it. The problem is is that you know these guys just don't see the need. 
And we're probably going to see a, a whole lot more of creative thinking in ways to recruit more educators, more police officers, more firemen. We're, we're going to see new things come about because of the pressure that probably is on the local government in saying, well, we need to fill X amount of jobs and we can't. There's going to be more creative ways to hire people in the future. There's going to have to be. And, and, and that's the other part is that I think, and I've always said this, that, you know, teaching and i talked to mark white was on here and we talked about it you know almost making teaching like a peace corps type thing where you know young bright people with degrees and education go into teaching teach for a few years and then they can move on to wherever they want to go to but let's start talking about the need it's a thing where you give back something to our community you know i was i was in the military i think you were in the military too but you know for us it's, you know, giving back something. And I think teaching and police and firefighters and all these people are giving back to society in a constructive way. And we've kind of lost that sense. Very good point. And the Peace Corps, that is a very interesting project that I guess got underway years ago. What is it, during the Kennedy times? or It started, I think, with Kennedy and Johnson expanded it, but absolutely. It, it goes a long way back, and I guess that whole idea of you serve the Peace Corps for two to five years, you, you sign up ahead of time on how many years you want to serve, and then in return, you're often given perks like uh, education scholarships to further your education. There, there's a lot of benefit there. Well, Scott, we already pay through Tennessee Promise. We pay for those first two years of college. What are we getting for that money? We saw already that I think it's 46 percent of kids graduate after we fund it for two years. So how do we get maximum value and get people back? to give something back. We can't just give something away. They're going to have to start earning it somehow. A program like the idea of, we're going to give you this if you agree to to serve in this position for a year, two years, whatever the time may be. It's a great idea, great line of thought. So maybe we can actually do something like that. That would be a good thing for us. And I think it's a smart play. And the other thing that we found is that uh, child care credits for, for female teachers, 82% of our teachers are female. And one of the things that you're going to see worked on this year at the legislature, whether it passes or not, I don't know, is some type of child care program that you can help defer the cost of child care for teachers and, uh, and, and do that. And the, other thing, and the other thing I'd like to break here on this story, I always try to give you something good. And the other thing we're really trying to do is recruit our older teachers to keep in, our 30-year teachers. So we got a bill, Representative Iris Rudder's got it, and I'm sure uh, Representative Sparks will be on this. But what we're going to try to do after your fifth year, you can you can uh, at, after your thirtieth year, you can sign up for it. You can draw both your retirement and your salary for five years. It's a drop program, very similar to what they've done in Florida and Louisiana, and uh, you, we can keep people beyond that thirty years in the classroom. We've got to figure out creative ways. So you got child care on the early end and helping mothers and stuff like that. But on this tail end, our, our experienced teachers who make it through 30 years, let's keep them for five more years if we can. Definitely. Again, our guest today has been J.C. Bowman, and he is the executive director of the Professional Educators of Tennessee. J.C., as always, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Scott. Always glad to be here. 
Time right now, 8.59. You're tuned to WGNS Murfreesboro. And coming your way next, we'll take a look at local news. And then after that, a look at news around the country and around the world with CBS. Then directly after that, the roundtable will be on the air. So make sure you stay tuned. Again, the time right now, 8.59. Local news is next. 